Welcome to the Effective Data Scientist Podcast. The podcast is designed to help you improve your skills, stay focused, manage successful projects, and have fun at work. Be an effective data scientist now. Welcome to a new episode of the Effective Data Scientist. Again, it's Paolo and myself. Um, today we are talking about uh, interesting things that very ho- often comes across in, in especially big data sets. Uh, Paolo, what's the topic for us today? It's principal component uh, analysis uh, uh, with emphasis on uh, dimensionality reduction. Yeah, yeah. So, what is a let's say typical problem that you might face? Uh, can you give an example, Paolo? Yeah, for example, uh, if you fit a model, but it in the common statistical framework or more in the statistical learning, machine learning uh, framework, you can have uh, lots and lots of. Uh, uh, variables to in, in your covariate uh, uh, set. So, for example, um, you have many, many uh, features uh, and you can have uh, many correlated features, uh, features in uh, different, uh, for example, uh, ranges, uh, stuff like that. So, this is mainly the problem of uh, the course of uh, uh, dimensionality. So, in general, uh, if you fit uh, interactions, main effect stuff like that, then you you need really lots and lots of data to have uh, enough data points in uh, each uh, interval of the covariance, and this could cause troubles in both uh, fitting the uh, model and uh, in its interpretation. Yeah. So usually uh, we need some tool to reduce this dimensionality. And o- often also because many of these variables are really correlated and belong to the same dimension. If yeah. you want to say, for example, if you have a, a survey, yeah, and you have lots of different items, don't know, you have 50 items maybe in the survey that ask for all kinds of different things. Um, it's pre- pretty impractical to always look into 50 items, yeah. Um, usually, there researchers have some underlying concepts. That they, that they want to look into. And uh, these different items have uh, of the survey all you know, contribute to these different, let's say, topics to different extent. Yeah? Some might contribute very much to a certain uh, dimension and some others less. Yeah? Um, just thinking about, for example, um, I've worked a lot on ADHD and there was one questionnaire with 18 questions about uh, the different symptoms 
of ADHD. And some were really asking about the uh, hyperactivity part of it. And others were uh, more talking about the uh, inattention problems. And so uh, it made a lot of sense to look into kind of, can we, you know, reduce the dimensionality of 18 items into maybe, you know, two dimensions, one speaking about hyperactivity and one speaking towards inattention. Right. And uh, in terms of uh, questionnaire, this um, tool PCA is, uh, has been used uh, mainly for interpreting the questionnaires in the sense that uh, uh, you need to understand uh, if your questionnaire um, uh, responses uh, speak about uh, unidimensional uh, latent traits of the individuals or it can be interpreted uh, uh, with different dimensions like i don't know it could be activities of daily living or uh, emotions for example two different uh, dimensions which, which are quite uh, related to the underlying dimension of the general health but um, they have also uh, you know their uh, interpretation and uh, specificities and um, here this uh, hold a uh, tool could be helpful um, because in general uh, uh, what we need uh, is to have uh, more independence on the covariates right because mm. we, we already know that uh, multicollinearity is a big problem for fitting uh, our models and uh, one uh, of the advantage of using this tool is to uh, make our covariates uh, space uh, different. So we have uh, an orthogonal projection, projection into a lower dimensional space in which the covariates are more independent, right? Like different dimensions uh, of um, your questionnaires and this can help a lot in the model uh, fitting yes so it's really about uh, um so you you, you can use uh, uh, this kind of um, matrix uh, decomposition techniques like um you know eigen decomposition or singular value decomposition to have uh, uh, independent uh, dimensions so um you you have a kind of uh, simplified uh, and more powerful uh, information to predict uh, your final outcome. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, if you think about it in a, in a, let's say, very, very simple way, the most simple way, let's say you have only two variables, yeah? And um, you have um, X and Y. Yeah, and you have um, uh, kind of a think about a scatter plot, yeah, with these two variables, and there's a, there's a, this cloud that sits on the scatter plot, and this cloud has this typical let's say Gaussian distribution, yeah, but the um, 
the, the, the Gaussian distribution looks in such a way that it's, you know, oval, yeah? And it's kind of um, pointing to the, let's say, upper, upper right, yeah? So there's, you obviously see there's some correlations, the bigger X becomes, the bigger Y becomes, and vice versa. And now the principal components basically look into the, this correlated space, yeah? And check how can we find two lines, yeah? That, um, yeah, that, that makes the cloud the vari uh, variance in the best yeah. way, yeah? Yeah, basically you rotate the uh, dimensions and yeah. you make the uh, final uh, variable spaces uh, orthogonal. So yeah. you have um, this uh, independence um, uh, given by the procedure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the end, uh, you, you will... Um, try different uh, decomposition you can see how things work uh, with uh, different dimensions uh, and for each uh, dimensions you have uh, some you know correlation with the original variables mm -hmm. so you yeah. can uh, interpret uh, the these dimensions looking at the original uh, variables. If, for example, uh, eight weight um, are correlated with the underlying dimension, this means that uh, this dimension speaks about uh, how big is the individual overall. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, or going back to the ADHD example, yeah, you will then see that one dimension, you know, really corresponds and correlates with the items that are about attention, uh, and the other one that is about uh, hyperactivity, and that makes it this makes it helpful to interpret these these new variables that you are creating. Yeah. And um, so, what do you do as then as a next step here? Uh, you fit this uh, model uh, of um, dimension reductions uh, with the PCA. So in the end, uh, you can uh, extract these um, final dimensions. So for example, uh, uh, you start with one uh, questionnaire, 15 uh, items. Mm -hmm. So you may be tempted uh, to use the final score or the or the single items uh, in your model, but uh, you can uh, may use uh, these two dimensions, for example. So you you extract uh, these um, um, sub dimensions from your data, and you can uh, use them uh, in your model, uh, in your regression model, for example, to make things uh, more efficient. Of course. This is more about uh, predicting things than uh, interpreting things, but uh, it can give you some advantages also when you try to interpret things. But yeah. it's mainly used for solving uh, 
issues uh, in uh, fitting uh, models for big data, for example. Yeah. If you go outside of the standard uh, psychometrics uh, space. Yeah, yeah. That is that is really helpful. So in the end, instead of putting you know your 15 variables into your regression model as covariates, you only put you know two or three into it. Uh, basically, you know the outcomes of your PCA. Yeah, and uh, with that, you of course throw away a little bit of the variability. Yeah, but you also have uh, you know no or less collinearity co anymore and and that's 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 a big gain and makes makes things much more stable and easy easy to work with um but of course as you said it's then really about prediction not so much about interpretability if it's about interpretability then you may think like okay um i look into just those that you know those variables that really kind of have a big influence on these different um, uh, dimensions, yeah? And I put them together as new new scores, yeah? Right. And just add them up, so to say, yeah? Or maybe weighted adding up, yeah? And uh, anything that has a really low weight, you know, you take, take out, so everything where the there's a correlation to the uh, new uh, dimension is really, really weak. You just take them out. Yeah, yeah in terms of uh, interpretation, for example, you can say that uh, uh, your Y is correlated uh, positively with this uh, dimension, like, uh, I don't know, uh, humor or moods or other kind of... Uh, yeah. um, um, very dimensions, but uh, of course, uh, it doesn't make any sense to say that uh, you have uh, um, a ten percent increase on your Y um, according to the, your lat latent uh, dimension yeah. one, for example. But uh, it, it can uh, give you some general insights. But of yeah. course, you lose the clear interpretation of the coefficients like uh, using the original uh, yeah. variables. Yeah, but you get a better kind of sense of kind of, okay, here humor, for example, plays an important role or your mood plays an important role or any other kind of aspects, whatever you kind of got out as key dimensions. Yeah, and uh, if you think uh, about um, where you started uh, with lot of covariates so yeah. many of them uh, correlated so in the end uh, if you fit the standard model the interpretability becomes a nightmare so in terms of a overall interpretation maybe also pca is good for you yeah 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 and it's really good to kind of if you want to do this yeah start with looking into the correlation of all these uh, all these different items. What I really love there are these um, corgrams, yeah? So right. it's basically um, a matrix where you look into the correlation of each item versus each other item, yeah? Or each covariate versus each other covariate. 
and see in, within this metrics, yeah, you basically um, see, for example, pie charts that show you how strong the correlation is, yeah, and they are then sometimes colored in, you know, red or blue, depending on which direction the correlation is, yeah, and that gives you directly a nice way to understand it. And if you even then, you know, put some clustering on top of these um, uh, core grams, then, you know, you directly see, ah, oh, here's a bunch of variables that is highly correlated. There's a bunch of variables that is highly correlated and there's another one, yeah. And that might be another kind of in-between step that you can do um, to also understand your the correlation and uh, it guides you already in terms of these uh, PCA analysis. Yeah, and uh, again, I think that uh, introduction to statistical learning, we will refer uh, many times to this book, uh, is a wonderful uh, reference for starting with the theory, but also practicing uh, a lot uh, with hard code. And of course, there is uh, nothing, um, uh, you know, for free. You need to experiment a bit, uh, yeah. as you said, uh, uh, plotting, uh, uh, trying different things uh, with uh, your um, uh, PCA, um, and uh, also the final number uh, health uh, dimensions, your final scores you will use in your final model. Is not so, uh, you know, easy to select. Yes. So it's a bit guided by also uh, common um, uh, sense and uh, experience. Yeah, but you can it's a lot useful. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can have a look into how much variability do you explain. Yeah, and with um, sometimes you you see kind of. Really, if I add this, you know, if I step from three to four um, explanatory variables, yeah, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense, yeah? So the, the gain that you get in additional variability is not worth it, yeah? So um, that, that's how you can have a look into this. Yeah, where's the, where's the biggest gains that you get? Yeah, is it from one to two? Is it from two to three? And where does it kind of plateau out and it really doesn't make, make a lot of sense to, to you know, further describe the variability because most of the variability I've described was, you know, maybe just a few uh, dimensions. Yeah, you have this uh, simple bar plot uh, showing uh, how much variance you explain uh, uh, with one, two, three, or four dimensions, for example. And yeah. maybe you end up uh, having 75% uh, of the variability explained by two dimensions, and it's enough because if you add the third dimension, it's only a tiny increase in terms of uh, variance explained, like... Uh, yeah, two percent. So it's not it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep things simple. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So check out the show notes. There will be lots of stuff there where you can play around with. 
And it will be quite a nice way to, you know, dig into such data. Um, it's really nice to play with it, to visualize it, to understand it, to try it with different data sets. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, you know, surprises that come up when you look into this, such types of data. Um, and it's, it's really, really kind of a neat way to understand big data. And uh, yeah, big data, especially in terms of you have lots of different variables that, that you look into. Right. See you next week or listen to us next week. Bye.